Wembley Fever has taken over a great part of South Yorkshire and we're just a few days away from a trip down south for the League One playoff final. With that in mind, we've brought the star Sheffield Wednesday Raiders together for a Q&A around everything to do with the Isles and their meeting with Barnsley at the National Stadium on Monday. I'm Chris Holt and with me are the very excited and excitable Joe Cran and Alex Miller. Gents, how are we? This is basically me. The last couple of days of me, me been me and Alex just messaging each other, going, I, "I'm really excited. I can't wait for the game." <laughs> it is touching. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a. Um, I think of the world. Yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite touched by the naivety of you both. Like, you're, you're... <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose you, you've been there and seen a lot. It's, How it's, many times have you watched the Sheffield team lose at Wembley? Uh, actually, not that many, but enough. Um, yeah, there's a there's, there's a childish innocence around it that I, that I quite like. That will be sucked away from you, no doubt, at some point. You, you mean we're not just going down there for you know a couple of days? Yeah, we're not there for the crack. Yeah, wait, wait till you see the plan that I give you tomorrow, and you'll not be smiling. Yeah, but I think my emails are going down. <laughs> uh, we're going to crack on because we have actually got quite a lot of uh, questions through to us. Um, for anybody who has sent in questions, um, a lot of people were asking the same thing, so I, we won't necessarily name everybody who's who said it. A lot of them were variations on a theme, so um, we'll get cracking. First of all, a couple of questions just around Wembley. We did have one come in uh, asking, does anybody know what time the bus arrives at Wembley? Do you know the answer to this, the team bus? No. No, we, we've with that. The thing is, I don't know. I don't even know what time if if the whole thing is planned yet. Um, you know, we heard from Michael Duff today. He said that they're leaving on Friday. They're staying over, doing some training at Brentford. I don't know if Wednesday going down ahead of time. We obviously haven't spoken to to Darren and won't be doing until tomorrow afternoon. So I think we'll we'll get a better idea of what their plan is um, about this time tomorrow. Actually. I would suspect, in terms of getting to the stadium from wherever they're, wherever they're staying, I don't know, Joe. I, th- I think they'll probably try and keep it as close to a normal match day as possible. So that that hour would be an hour and a half. Hour and a half we, we tend to get our nosy beaks outside to watch them getting off the bus. So yeah, I, I would suspect that'd be about right. My my understanding, and from my experience, I would imagine it would be somewhere around one o'clock. Um, that's it was about two hours before, um, so I think that's probably about right. If you were wanting to go and uh, see the players getting off the bus at that time, I would say if you're if you're there for about quarter to one or something, to give yourself plenty of time, they probably wouldn't be hanging around too much longer after that. Secondly, uh, it's it's the question that everybody's asking. Even people who have already got their tickets, they just want to know just how many people just so. I don't do this, Chris. You can put it, can put it <laughs> on a banner or something to say how many tickets they've actually got and post it around uh, the country just to show how many tickets the Sheffield Wednesday fans have sold. Do we know if there are going to be any more released? No, no. That's the, the, the long and short of it. Look, Barnsley said yesterday that they, they've done sort of updates as, as they've gone along with milestones. And the last one they did was twenty thousand, and that was a couple of days ago now. So, um, I have no doubt Wednesday will be asking. You know that that is probably all we can say is that 
Um, we don't know this is fact, but the, I, I can't imagine a world in which Wednesday look at though if there is spare seats and they just leave it. So I think they'll be asking the question whether they'll get anything or not is obviously that's up to, I suppose, the powers that be. We, we saw with Sunderland last season, um, slightly different because it was Wickham, but they ended up with about 46,000, I think. I would never sort of suggest that any Wednesday fans get a, a ticket in the bounds again because, you know, but there will be plenty of room in their side of the stadium. <laughs> Somebody's ingrained themselves in the, in the fan base, haven't they? We've got full, full talk sport. <laughs> Coming on a Wednesday shirt. <laughs> um, okay, then, we're going to move on to kind of specifics around the match itself. Uh, really, we've had quite a few Again, kind of variations of a theme. Um, essentially, just a lot of people asking, um, what do you think the team selection is going to be? Um, Liam, we'll take, we'll take Liam's question. His was, presumably this will be a more balanced team for the final. Who do you leave out from Thursday night? Hard, hard to drop anyone, given they got us there against the odds. Was, um, that, was that Liam Palmer? Liam's wondering where on earth he's going to be playing this time. Yeah, Liam, 31 from Worksop, says. <laughs> yeah, Liam, Liam writes in saying, is there any chance of somebody to let me know if I'm going to end up playing up front this week for a team <laughs> or, or anywhere else? Maybe maybe I'm going to swap with Cam and, and go into goal this time. Um, you would have thought that that actually... All joking aside, is probably one of the main um, talking points around around selection. Where certainly you wouldn't expect Palmer to be dropping out of the team altogether, but does he play in that kind of more central role that he did on um, on last Thursday, or does he go back to a position where he's he's been more uh, comfortable and more involved in uh, in previous games? Do you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, was somebody, somebody walking by me there distracting me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll be honest. I've spent a lot of time thinking about what the team might be, and I've got no idea. Like Palms was obviously brilliant, wasn't he, in, in on Thursday's game? But so was everyone. I, ca I can't see them naming the same team. I don't know. I don't know what Joe thinks. It's you know that was a game that they had to go out and. You know, blow the doors off, and they, they certainly did that. They, this isn't the case, and we, we've seen with Barnsley um, that they are a team that can overrun in midfield with, you know, the the dynamism and the, and the pace that they've got. So that would indicate to me maybe Will Volk's coming in for one of the strikers, presumably Lee Gregory, um, which would be harsh, but it would all be harsh. You know, the idea of keeping Palmer in the team but taking him away of that that sort of mid midfield engine. Well, you go, well, he goes right wing back. You can't take Callum Patterson out based on Thursday. You know, there's so many. Once you move one part of the jigsaw, there's question marks all over the place. So, yeah, I, the honest answer is I haven't got a clue. It's, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, whether the events of Thursday have, have sort of given them a, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go out and try and blow the doors off again sort of thing. It, it wouldn't necessarily be Darren Moore's, you know, usual way of doing things, but given the magnitude of what happened and how remarkable it was, you know, maybe it changes things. I don't know. Do, would 
this this question wasn't asked. I'm just I'm asking you, Joe, off the back of what Alex has just said there. Surely you can't go for it in the same way. You know, you're, you're going to be playing. It's going to be quite warm on Monday. You're playing in the afternoon. It's a big pitch. Barnsley are younger and as fit, uh, as young and as fit as, as Peterborough are in that. With you know, the, I would imagine they're probably a little bit more energy than than Wednesday for the latter stages. With that in mind, we we think that they're probably not. He's not. He's not going to be quite as gung ho. Um, and he doesn't need to be as gung ho as he was on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need for him. I think everybody, everybody's seen how exciting it was, and would just love to be able to see the team go out and do that again. But it's not really feasible, is it? No, and I think that is, you know, you get the the oh well, why don't we do that every week? Because they they'd all be dead probably because if it, <laughs> because it's not feasible to do it every week. It's not a sustainable way of playing football. But yeah, I think sort of the I mean the one thing that is is really interesting of note I think Barnsley have got the worst record across all the divisions in terms of going behind um, they, they do they, they struggle to get anything out of games if they go behind so the one thing that you could argue with the, with like a fast start like a real rocket start is if you can get one up on them you know after games one but that being said the, the mentality is different you know, it's it's very easy to, to amp a team up and get them hyped for, we need four goals here. It, when it's a playoff final and everybody knows that they, they can be a little bit more cagey, they can be a bit more patient, you, you know, the yeah, it's not as easy to get them sort of rattled up and, and out like they, like they did the other night. I, I'm with Alex on pretty much everything he said. I, I can see Will Volts coming in. I think that, you know, they will want to sort of boss that midfield battle. Phillips, Connell and, and Herbie Kane have been brilliant for Barnsley this season. And, you know, you've seen in the two games that Wednesday I've played them, how that sort of high press has really, really affected Wednesday in the way that they, the, the way that Barnsley play. So it is, it's really tough because even you look, look on the bench the other night and I, I, this is not an advocation for anybody to start over other people, but, you know, you, the 11 that started were brilliant. Aidan Flint came on and got an assist. Jaden Brown came on and effectively set up Callum Patterson's equaliser. Everybody who walked out on that pitch the other night came out of it with some credit. And I I, I don't even I don't even know how you begin to pick this side. And the good thing that they do have with Darren, he's incredibly pragmatic. He's not afraid of a bold decision, as we saw with him playing Liam in centre midfield. And I think possibly something that a lot of people maybe don't give him enough credit for is because it doesn't always work out. His his planning is is incredible. The detail he goes into and his technical team go into when planning for these games. Um, so they'll they'll have been studying Barnsley to the nth degree over the last week and they're sort of trying to figure out a way to overcome what happened in the in the previous two games. And I just it this is it sounds like a massive cop out, but I will after the night whatever team Darren names on. On Monday, I'll be like, "Yeah, sound. I'm fine with that." Yeah, it's copper. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Mark has said. I mean, essentially, we've just been speaking about it there about about folks uh, potentially coming back in the same. He says, um, "I'd say Palmer has to stay in midfield, so that probably would mean one of Gregory Smith or Windass on the bench." Um, yeah, that it's a difficult call to make there, particularly. 
we see the hard work that Smith went went through. Um, I mean, it was just it was just dogged and like so old fashioned for a forward. It was unreal. It, it was a throwback, really. Just when you when you see. And you know, it was just like a forward from the eighties who just absolutely worked his socks off and jumped and tackled and kicked and gave away stupid penalties in stupid places that he shouldn't or free kicks, sorry, in places that he, he shouldn't have done. Um but yeah, it was like you said, you can't you can make an argument for each of those being on the pitch. Um if you're gonna be over overly critical, it was one of the more quieter games that uh, Josh Windus had had. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was funny in such a a, a game that, that Wednesday scored five goals, two of the quieter players were Barry Bannon and, and Josh Windus, which you would yeah. have guessed. But look, the, the tactics were spot on, weren't they? And, and didn't particularly suit either of them. Um, whether we see a variation of that, Wednesday tried to play through Barnsley's press at Oakwell. I thought, I thought they'd it's been said by just about everyone that Wednesday were pretty good that night and were certainly unlucky. But there were a couple of times they were caught from the back and, uh, you know, especially off the back of Thursday, you know, whether they do seek to go a bit more direct. I don't think there's any chance they'll go without Windass on the pitch just for his, how he brings, it just causes all sorts of problems that when he was injured became very apparent. I mean, Given that Barnsley, look, they're no, they're no ticky-tacker side, but they will try and play a bit from the back. I mean, would would it be the boldest thing ever for, to drop, or not drop, to to substitute a twenty-one goal striker in Michael Smith and have have Lee Gregory and, and Josh Windus trying to run the legs off them at the back? You know, there, there's so many different ways it can go. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd certainly expect. Windass to be on the pitch. I'd, I'd expect Smith as well. If I was a betting man, I'd, I'd go Volks for for Gregory as the only change. I think um, we've got one in here. Say, how does Darren uh, set the tone of the game early on for Wednesday? Do you think the forwards will press as much as they did? That that was probably, in my view, that was that was key to um, the comeback on on Thursday. Was the the sheer persistence and the running and chasing down of every ball from the from the first ball that was kicked, and the front the front players, you know, were at the heart of that, and that's obviously where they where they ended up getting the penalty in the early stages of the game. Um, is that something that you would expect to see again, or are we are we more likely to have things just a little bit cagier, where they could just kind of sit back and kind of eye each other up a little bit for, for the opening stages. I, I don't think they'll be as a, as bat out of hell as they were the other night, that's for sure. Um, you know, I mean, the way that the Barnsley game started out, well, could not have been any worse for them. And they'll be very, very, um, very minded to, to not let that happen again. Because I think it was, it was, it set the tone for the entire game, you know, to concede two goals in, what was it, a minute? If you add up the time between them. And that it killed the game off, you know. I know they got back into it, but they were they were always chasing that game. They won't want to be chasing again. So I I can see them sort of keeping it steady, keeping it tidy, and then using that experience that they've got to, to sort of forge a few 
gaps and forge a few holes because they'll, they'll know that, that Barnsley will come out the traps because that is what they're good at. That's what they do. And if they can, you know, I think it's similar to what we said about the Peterborough game, really. I think we're, we're going to be able to tell a lot about this game in the first 15 minutes. The, the stats around Barnsley are crazy in, in terms yeah. of when, when they take the lead, they win the game. When they concede first, they don't win the game. Um, so it's what what side of that coin you sort of land on. You know, do, do you go helpful leather, try and get the first goal, you know, and, and get them rocking or... Um, do you do you prevent them from scoring? And um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be fascinating. Those first ten minutes, I mean, they could be absolute snore fest, and we, we could be falling asleep in the press box. But we'll um, be falling asleep anywhere on Monday, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be really interesting just to see how both teams go about it. Because but Barnsley have got from what little I've seen of them, but speaking to people, they have little variations about how they can go about things as well. So it's um, yeah, it might be a bit of a chess match. I found an interesting stat about Barnsley today. They've scored more goals in the league by quite a lot from outside of the box than any other team. 21 goals all season from outside the box. Obviously, one of them, two of them. Uh, yeah, one of them came against Wednesday. Uh, that's a, It's an interesting stat, that, because it's not, you know, if it's a few from outside the box, you can go, yeah, it's a, just a couple of good players about. But, you know, they've got two players with nine from outside the box, and that is... That's some going, and that that then becomes a, a real strength rather than just something that you can do every now and again. If if we were going to be overly critical, both of Sheffield Wednesday's goalkeepers, their their weakest point is shots from distance. In my view, you'll you'll know better yourselves from watching, but from what I've seen in the goals that have been conceded this year, um, there are certainly goals that you would expect other goalkeepers to to save that that have been conceding this year. So that that is potentially a worry. But um especially when you think about Modiame. <laughs> well yeah, um I don't think two keepers would have saved that one anyway. But um the it, it it is just something to to be slightly concerned about. Not that it you know, given the saves that the Cameron Dawson made on Thursday night as well. Um I've the utmost confidence in him. But like I say it wouldn't be the first time that a weaker effort from distance has gone gone in. Um, we have one here about the battles on the pitch. Where was it? Yeah, where is the critical match in this game? What, which, which which battle must be won to um, to take the advantage? Bang in the middle, in it. <laughs> it has to be. It's the, it's the easy way out. But yeah, you look at Luke O'Connell, Barry Bannon. You know the the. Herbie K, you know, there's there's big players in the middle of the pitch, and I think it's it's not particularly exciting, but I think most most football games are won there, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think that it's been it's been Barnsley's biggest strength all season, hasn't it? As well, you know, the 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 argument for a long time was was their sort of midfield three the best in the league from from a lot of their fans, and you know they're up there because they they have worked really really well together, Phillips, Kane, and and, and Connell. But you know, when you've got when you've got a Barry Bannon in there, you've always got a chance. And and I think that it's going to be very interesting, like we touched on earlier, about who actually plays alongside him. Who would you like to? If if we take take it away, you know what you think Darren might do. But who who would you prefer to see in midfield? I'd like to, I'd like to see him keep Josh there. I, I think that that I. It's probably a little bit irresponsible, but I'd quite like to keep that mid that 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 strike trio up top. I think with Josh, Lee Gregory, and 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 Michael Smith, you've got 
there's so many different types of, of scoring there. You know, they've got all three diff, sort of different skill sets and, and they can all come in very, very handy at different points in the game. So if you're going to do that, I, I do think you have to, you probably have to bring Will Volks in in some way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what he's going to do with that midfield. Because um, like Alex said, you, you, you drop Palmer out of the midfield and you're putting him at... I mean, you're not going to put him left wing, left centre back, because Reese James was brilliant the other day and, and brings balance there. Tough taking Domi Orfer out because he's the only one with a bit of pace in that back line, and again was was really good the other night. And taking Pato feels like a bit of a war crime after the way he played the other day. So yeah, I, I really, I don't, I don't know, but I would. What I would say is, I'd like to see. Um, just from it, to get them on the front foot, sort of thing. I'd like to see that that front three stay together. Yeah, I'm pointing to make there, Alex. Now just... <laughs> I'm very much the same. If I'm sat in my pants playing football manager, I'm going for it, and I'm having I'm having Josh in the ten, but uh, I'm not. Um, <laughs> everyone will be delighted to. Uh, you are in your pants, just not on football manager. <laughs> yeah, I I think the most likely way forward is. You know, I, I can see him keeping Palmer there because I, I think he desperately wants Palmer in the team. Um, where, whether that means midfield or right back and, you know, the, the war crime is committed, I don't know. But, um, yeah, a midfield three of Volks, Palmer and Bannon would make sense to me. Uh, but equally, Bannon, Volks and, and Windass causing a bit of trouble in there would be uh, the one for the box office. Um. Moving on to kind of more specifics around the game. Um, this is a good question, actually, given the the, the inexperience that most players will have around it. But um, VAR comes in to the um, comes in for the final, all of the playoff finals. Um, do we think that there will be anything? Will anything will be will been worked on differently in in the week, uh, taking into account the fact that. You know, you don't get away with as much, or you know, you potentially don't get away with as much. I suppose you're looking at maybe set thing, working on set pieces and making sure that you're not, um, you know, there's not as much holding and, and those kinds of things where you're going to give away, give away free kicks and prevent your go- any goals being uh, awarded. Yeah, it's probably it's probably a mental thing as much as anything else, isn't it? With with VAR, it's the it's a little sort of micro movements that people make, the little things that you you probably get away with in League One that you won't get away with with VAR. And I think that, yeah, probably because obviously Darren and his technical team will know the players inside out. So they might say to a couple of them, you know, that thing that you sometimes do, maybe don't do that on, on Saturday and sort of those little bits. But I don't, I don't see how it can change much else, really. Um, I mean, the way VAR is now, you still play to the whistle. So, you know, the, the way that they want to keep things running, they'll judge it afterwards. That's the same as in League One, so you just keep going, keep going, and 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 try and finish a move off, even if it looks like it might be offside. So that might be a thing, just to to say to him, even if if you think you're offside, just go for it. Still, just keep going. Don't don't pull up. But yeah, I, I can't imagine that there's sort of intense lessons going on about how it works with VAR and that kind of thing. I think Wednesday are the more physical team out of the two. You know, some brutes in the boundary side, but. Um, so yeah, whether whether it, I don't know, maybe it's been mentioned, you know, at set pieces and that sort of thing. Because uh, I'll be honest, I'm I'm dreading it. 
I'm absolutely... You, you, you imagine that on Thursday night, Palmer's goal goes in. The pandemonium. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're looking... Because, you know, a couple of people fell over in the build-up to that. You've got the, the Flint header down. They're having a look at that for hands-on defenders. You know, whether they're nitpick at stuff to, you know, to, I don't know, rule a goal out. You don't want to say that sort of thing, are you? But... Um, yeah, I, I really wish it wasn't a thing on Monday. I really, really do. But it is. I have a, so I was going to say, I have a real issue with... I, I don't have an issue with VAR in general. I have an issue with it being there for some and not others. Like, if we've not had it all season, we shouldn't have it now. Yeah, And I, and I think it's the same. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I don't... Um, I don't I don't see why you bring it in now, really. I, I, the argument will be, well, you know, is to make sure that the right decisions are made because there's so much at stake, but you know, there's there's a lot of stake every every single time two teams go out on a pitch on a Saturday afternoon. So I don't see why this would be any different, to be honest. If we're being honest, if we'd had VAR and this is not like a woe is woe is us kind of thing, if there'd been VAR all season, prob Wednesday probably wouldn't be where they are. They might have been in the top two because of decisions that have gone against them over the course of the season. And they might it's have been the same eighth. when you have hmm? may have been eighth. Also true, yeah, um, yeah, might not be in the playoffs at all. But no, it's the same with the FA Cup. You know, when you have FA Cup games and it's like in the same round, you've got. Well, yeah, I don't, like, I don't like the fact we've got some games have it and some games don't. don't yeah. it's just, but, but yeah, um, no, I'm not the biggest fan of VAR. Certainly not in the way that it's it is at the minute. Um, but no, so either either you don't think there's going to be any specific. There, there, there will be some talk about it, won't there? There will there be. There'll be slight reminders as much as anything else, but it's not going to it's not going to dictate any great tactical change, is it? Yeah, I, I was going to ask Darren about it tomorrow. Um, so yeah, if people want to tune in afterwards. Then we'll uh, we'll see what the man himself has got to say about it. Uh, outside of this particular match, uh, someone has asked this question. Personally, I think the recruitment strategy needs to change if we do if we do or don't go up. Do you think Wednesday would benefit from? Uh, aiming to take a gamble on a player in lower footballing tiers and developing youngsters from the academy rather than signing players in the twilight of their careers. And here's the uh, the zinger. Ideally, replicating a Brentford recruitment model. Brentford are the are the team are the team at the minute. The uh, team. That everybody everybody needs to look at. Um, I, I, what, where, where do you start there? I think it's fair to say that Darren Moore has put together a team trying to make his way out of this division before he starts trying to uh, set off on a on a long term strategy. Is that is that a fair point to make? Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, we've spoken a lot about him with the sort of gnarled league pros, big lads. I mean, it's really noticeable. When you when you pitch side, Wednesday are a big team, really big team, and loads of managers point it out as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. The other day. They just said them; they're just massive, just big units. Um, and that you know, a lot of them are you know the wrong side of thirty, as they say. But um, yeah, you know, I've discussed this before. This you know the the Championship and League One are a very different divisions, not as big as they were, perhaps. You know, I, I don't subscribe to this notion that League One is a lumpy pub league, you know, as as some people higher up like to make out. But 
Um, yeah, I think there's a lot more dynamism in in the championship, and Gary Monk spoke a lot about that sort of dynamic players and pace and power and all that sort of thing. Um, whereas Wednesday are set up to be a little bit more, I don't know, robust. And you know, even in that long unbeaten run, it was all about getting the job done. There were a lot of one nils, and um, and I think that they certainly were and have been very very strong in that. So yeah. Uh, that's sort of the the Wednesday identity for now. I think it, it probably would they would probably look at changing it by evolution rather than revolution in the summer if they if they were to go up. In terms of you know longer term Brentford Brightonism, it takes a lot of work and a lot of investment. Yeah, you don't just snap your fingers, yeah. But I mean, that, the, that's not that's not that's not a cheap option either. By the way, it's not there's a the, for every. Um, Ivan Tony, or for every Lewis Dunk or whatever it is, there are an awful lot of players who didn't make it who spent quite a who cost quite a few quid. Yeah, um, that that doesn't get as much column inches as as the others do. There's also there's just pure staff size as well. You know, the scouting teams for for those teams because of the way they do business must be must be huge. So that's another element to take into account. I do I do think that there is a an argument to change to tweak the way that Wednesday work. You know, it does feel like Alex has mentioned this. The last two seasons have very much been we need players we're going to get us out of this league. It didn't quite work last season. It might not quite work this season. We'll see what happens on Monday. But I do think that it'd be nice to see Wednesday going after signing players on a permanent basis who are 24, 25, 26 years old who you can then develop at the club a little bit. They can give you that bit of dynamism, that little bit of legs that Wednesday have been lacking. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of, of, of reactionary stuff after the Peterborough game because of the way that went out, you know, where they had these young dynamic players who were just just running all over the place, driving at Wednesday. And you had, you know, Jack Taylor and you had Ronnie Edwards and all these young players. But ultimately, they finished 19 points behind where Wednesday are now. And I think there were some interesting quotes from Michael Duff, actually. He was talking about the, the age gap between Barnsley and Wednesday. And he's like, he says they have like a, a youthfulness and a, a naivety of sorts. And he said that Wednesday are older and more experienced. And he, he said on the day, either of those two things can come out on top, which is exactly the way any game can go. You know, Wednesday's experience, I think, showed in the second leg against Peterborough, but I think their age showed in the first leg, you know, and that's literally over this against the same team. But I, I do think there is a, a call to tweak the way that they're, they're signing, but to be honest, I think I don't think Darren Morney is telling that. I think he will be doing that next season, regardless. You've you've seen the the sort of way that he signed this season. He, he's learnt as he's gone along, hasn't he, Alex? The first season it was loans, loads of loans came in, and then this season he's focused more on we want players who are our players who've got something at the end of the sort of the end of the road to fight for. And I think the next step, the the natural next step on that is to look for players that have that's something to fight for, but also have a future to play for as well. I think the, the other point worth making with the recruitment strategy is Wednesday, uh, look, we know the expectation uh, and rightful expectation on the club. They're not a club that can support a medium-term strategy. You know, if the, if the club came out and said, look, we, you know, we're putting something together here, but it's going to take three, five years to, to come to true fruition. It just ain't going to work. Um, and in terms of bringing younger players in from lower divisions, if, if you get the right one, great. And we've seen that work at, at other clubs. But again, 
Um, we've seen on a, on a much lower scale, so it's a different kettle of spuds. But you know, I, I can certainly have, have made a League One, what ten years or whatever it is in, in League One, on the back of that. It's a completely different world stepping out in hills, you know, at Hillsborough and and these playing players being able to go out and and strut strut their stuff sort of confidently making you know any any sort of impact so um yeah you also the, look at the time do they you know like you, yeah. the, the the way that people react to it is is very very different i i think brighton and Brent, brentford you know benefited from every, every club's got expectation every fan wants their their club to race at the league as quickly as possible but being a slightly smaller club in smaller stadiums and they had time to instill that you know that that rebuild and, and it has taken time and you know my god are they seeing the benefits of it now but yeah very much in the same way as you know maybe a, a derby you know Leeds United we've seen it previously that um it all needs to be a little bit more one bam thank you man yeah and you look at the the way that it's been at, at Peterborough again as an example you know you've got players in there some of their really exciting young players who came from Barnet they, they literally signed players from Barnet and they've gone straight into their first team and they've been given time and now they've gotten to the end of the season and they've, they've really flourished. I, I don't know if I don't know if, if a lot of Wednesday fans give them that time. You know, when you're that age coming making that kind of jump, I'm not sure if you, you get the same sort of leniency at a Peterborough as you would coming out of Ellsbury and, you know, having a having a couple of stinkers and all of a sudden the tide turns and you're just this lad from Barnet who no one thinks is good enough. Uh, we'll finish things off uh, with lighten the mood as ever when you ask for people's questions you get some silly ones uh, Dominic has asked us if you had to arm wrestle one member of the current Wednesday squad who would it be? Well, um, it wouldn't be Aiden, Aiden Flint that's for sure uh, <laughs> I don't think I, I would do it with anybody I'm a big lad like, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to arm wrestle with any even like Fizz or anybody like that, I don't think Fizz would break my arm. Fizz, yeah. If I arm wrestle Fizz, my no, arm would I'm, I'm talking about the kind of the ones that you look at, the kind of waif like in comparison to, yeah. to like Flint or or Michael Smith. I'd, I'd I'd go. I'd like to feel the force of a Darren Moore. Arm wrestle. But I'll say it, and I'm calling out a professional athlete here. Kieran Brennan, I'd beat you in an arm wrestle. There we are. Oh, yeah. We, I, think, we, we, I think you could probably take Bannon. I think you could probably take Bannon. Ba- Bannon's going to knee in the nuts under the table or something. Though, isn't no, it? that's what I'm asking. He looks like it would be dirty. Yeah. So I'll pick someone in the under 18s, might stand a chance then. <laughs> <laughs> under 13s, there's lads that try not after her. Yeah. I, I've seen Chevy Wednesday under 14 girls, and they're quite physical as well. <laughs> well, I'm going to write that one off as well then. Maybe I'll just not get involved. Um, and finally, would you rather be, this is from Tom, would you rather be as quick as an ostrich and run on two legs, but obviously have a beak and feathers, or would you like to be a cheetah? And have tail, a tail and fur, but run on like run four legs. Essentially, would you rather be an ostrich or a cheetah? Is just more detail than needed to be. Would, would you rather be an ostrich or a cheetah? Cheetah. Um, 
I like I like how ostrich is wrong. They're, not, they're just a, a bit cumbersome, aren't they? Ostriches? They can't. No, 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 no. They're quick. No, I'm I, hang on. I'm talking logistics. Yeah, yes, they're fast. But can you imagine trying to get on a bus when you look like an ostrich? If you're a if you're a cheater, you can. Oh yeah, cheaters are just flying on on the number twenty four all the time. No, aren't they? You're, you're slender. You can get places. Ostriches are all over the place. They have got weird shapes. You get on the bus. You can run. <laughs> yeah, who needs public transport when you can run really fast? The, yeah. the fact is, I, I am the shape of an ostrich currently, and it's fine. <laughs> we can get on buses, mate. Don't don't have a go. <laughs> I'm 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 going with my boys. I'm I'm sticking with ostrich. I think I I prefer to be an ostrich. Too right. Beaks are awkward as well. And, and an ostrich, you're not you're not going to get like a poison dart walking down the high street. Cheater, you're gone, aren't you? Lads, think about it. You. I don't know. I think I think if if it was an ostrich running down through middlewood shops, somebody would be there trying to hit a weird dart. You said anything about running? You're just walking around. You're just browsing. You're just window shopping. You're enjoying yourself. But but think about all the. I good still think somebody. Even, I'm, I'm not even saying somebody from the authorities would be hitting somebody with a dart in middlewood shops, but they'd likely <laughs> 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 they'd be, hit, be hit with a dart. Yeah, an ostrich can't eat a steak. That's, it could be, yeah. be a steak, though. Exactly my point. I, I, I rest my case. Yeah, you got me the top of the food yeah. chain. <laughs> Do they sell ostrich steaks in that? Yeah, it's really good. It's really in that good. one down in Hillsborough, in that, that South African restaurant. Do they? Yeah, I think they do, and it is really good ostrich. It's a really nice meat. Never eaten cheetah, probably won't ever. <laughs> They're hard to catch. <laughs> That's a fair point, actually. If you can get ostrich steaks, then somebody has caught them. But you can't get cheetah steaks because you can't catch. Stop it. the podcast now. We have a winner. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I can't believe it's the biggest match in our careers so far. We're going to Wembley, biggest game for Wednesday in in seven years, and we're signing off with a eight minute chat about this. Uh, uh, I don't want to question your footballing knowledge, but it was a lot more interesting. <laughs> 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 All right, thanks, lads. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, we'll be back. Actually, we'll be back. Probably next Wednesday to kind of, to talk over. We'll do, we'll do a special show to talk over the playoffs, uh, the playoff final, and then we'll probably do another one after that to wrap up the season, and then we will be back properly uh, for the new campaign next year. Thanks, Alex and Joe. Enjoy yourselves on Monday. I will well, see you next <laughs> 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 Cheers, lads.